Toot normal toots Saving the world With an Adam Sandler Podcast It may not be the first Nor the second Third or fourth But it's definitely A podcast Ladies, gentlemen, and gender neutral fans all across the globe, welcome to the fourth Adam Sandler podcast. All right, yeah. Hell yeah, man. Uh, Woo! Yeah, we're back. We're back at it. <laughs> we're back at it. We're hitting the, gra- the ground. We're hitting the like, grind and the like, ground. Like uh, the phoenix rising from the ashes, we hit yeah. the grind and then well, we hit the ground. Motherfuckers can't kill us. <laughs> <laughs> and by motherfuckers, I mean, I guess jobs or. I love when life. the phoenix says that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome every time. Like man, phoenix that never gets old. Like, he rises from the ground. And he's like, hey, how about a uh, modern world? Right? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So today we uh, we're talking finally. I think we've been waiting since the movie was announced. Basically, we would ma- we've been waiting for this moment, and then it took us forever. And it's been like three weeks since I watched it, but we are finally talking about Uncut Gems. Yeah, yeah right. We started yeah. talking. We've been hyping it up on the podcast since 2019. It's now 2022. Uh, for those of you who are listening to this in the far future, <laughs> um, and yeah, we thought uh, so. Like people, right when the movie came out, uh, so. A few people were kind of expressed interest in us talking about it, and we even played with the idea. Like, it was a big movie, uh, and, like, people were like, oh, yeah, Adam Sandler, he's in a dramatic role again, and it's, like, a, a really interesting movie with, like, a lot of interesting choices and things happening in it. And so we were even like, should we just do it ahead of time? And we are like, no, we should, uh, we should do it it the right way and like go through them in order and uh that was a mistake um <laughs> because no one talks about this movie anymore right uh <laughs> yeah 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 that moment or passed. the fatigue We're no one talks about yeah. i guess we talk about the fatigue of uh being in an adam sandler podcast oh, no. uh, doing an adam sandler <laughs> podcast but no one really understands yeah what that's like so now we're supposed to watch hustle so like look forward to hustle in three years <laughs> The movie that people are <laughs> three to the six, other, three to six. Another good uh, dramatic role from him, supposedly. That yeah. I will wait. Which I would say, I would say, it goes, it goes like, um, you have Punch Drunk Love, you have Rain Over Me, you have Jack and Jill, you have Uncut Gems, and then you have The Hustle. <laughs> I would say that is the, that the good. That's like the five. The the five good ones. The, uh, yeah, the yeah. Infinity Gauntlet. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I I can't argue. <laughs> man, Jack because Jill, I how, don't have a soul yeah. anymore. How about that Al Pacino, man? And Jack and Jill. Yeah, that's good we'll shit. Never, that is yeah. good shit. Yeah. I actually had some friends who I jokingly suggested that they watch it, and they did watch it. And then they were like, but we we weren't like super disappointed and we really loved Al Pacino's performance. Right? It's like, yeah, I also did too. Yeah. Yeah. Was... I, it's a, it's a bad movie and it, on its face, it looks horrible. Like it's going to just murder you if you watch it with badness. And it sort of does. And it does, but 
we've watched a lot of bad Adam Sandler movies. I don't remember any of them. I don't remember what they're called. I don't know what they yeah. were, but I remember Jack and Jill <laughs> because of Al Pacino. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what the last movie we watched was, but I think about Jack and Jill. Yeah. I think the last one we watched was Rain Over Me. (laughs) Or Rain Over Me (laughs) 2. Yeah. (laughs) Rain Over Me 2. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to rip on what that might be. No, I realized that would be a (laughs) bad bad road to go down. Um, Bad roads. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So do you want to give us a little synopsis of Uncut Gems? Well, I watched it uh, in May, I think. (laughs) It's also August August right now. We had a a hard time scheduling this time around. (laughs) Very busy summer. Uh, You know, can we just take a moment and say sometimes people get busy? And that, you know, that's life. You know, if you guys guys want us to pump these out faster, you got to pay us more. Right, or exactly. at all yeah, or geez. listen if yeah. you were listening maybe you know yeah uh, come on i'm hoping for a sponsorship actually at this point that would be something to do with the mail i feel like that's kind of what podcasts do is they they sell things having to do with mail mail <laughs> stamps.com i feel oh, like I we it. are do, do i get the... money for that actually I think so. As long as you write in and say, hey, I, I did a couple plugs for stamps.com. Uh-huh. I don't know what your your rate is, but just the kind of a la carte sponsorships. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Um, okay, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, and I'll fill know, it I in because I, 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 I watched it more recently. His name was, so Adam Sandler plays a character. I believe his name is Harold. Howard. He is a do- Howard. So close. So close. <laughs> he is a uh, a seller of diamonds in New York City. Yes. The year is 2012. That's fairly important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, he, he sells diamonds to... Uh, and, oh man, what happens in this movie? Uh, you nailed it. That's Kevin, it. That's yeah, done. Yeah, that's, We're done. <laughs> well, Kevin Garnett. So he, he gets some kind of... No, he gets a diamond... <laughs> He gets it sourced, an opal. He has like this source that he gets this very special opal that is, he says it's worth a ton of money. And, uh, well, let me say one thing, which is that, um, Howard is obsessive about, um, trading and gambling. He's not good with money. And so he has a lot of debts. And so he gets this opal, um, sourced from, uh, somewhere in it's Africa Ethiopia, it doesn't I think. Ethiopia yeah. um and he is waiting on this opal to arrive kind of at the beginning of the movie because it is going to change everything in his life he's going to be able to pay off all his debts and um kind of get get rid of the guys that have been following him and kind of roughing him up to get money from him um, right he, he has, has a bunch of money to his brother-in-law yeah. yes his brother-in-law yeah. who's a loan shark and there's also through a uh, connected, I guess, a mafia, probably mafia connected loan shark, who also has some enforcer types, some thugs, some heavies, mm-hmm. uh, who mm-hmm. who show up and like kind of shake them down and like slap them around a little bit. That's like very early in the movie we see that. I I did just watch the first scene again. 
Um, and so good call. Yeah. And so they're kind of this. There's this looming menace, but he's also just like he's always telling everybody around him that he's just about to pay everybody back because things he's gonna win a bet or he's he's got all this wheeling and dealing going on. One of which involves Kevin Garnett, who is interested in his opal that he can't sell to Kevin Garnett because he wants to sell it at an auction, but he lets him borrow it. And then he puts a bunch of money on Kevin Garnett and the, uh, is it the Celtics? Yeah. I should have checked that. But uh, anyway, uh, probably the Celtics. uh, I think it's, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the NBA playoffs are happening. So I, I think that it's not just random games. I think it is the playoffs, but Anyway, he he puts he bets big, gets the bet back, does some other things with the money. <laughs> Throughout the movie, you're like, at various points, I think there's times when it's just like, should you uh, pay off your debt now? And he uh, he just keeps gambling, right? Um, yeah. So there's this rising throughout the movie. The sl- oh, I felt like it was kind of slow burn of rising stakes of money. Mm-hmm. And there's all the stuff about the Opal and Kevin Garnett has some kind of connection to it. He looks into it and he sees, I forget, he sees all sorts of like He sees like his whole shit. life. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So he has some kind of, this mystical music plays when it shows the Opal, which is kind of fun. It sounds like the uh, soundtrack for like the never ending story or. Or like, or, or like the movie uh, Legend with Tom Cruise, yeah. soundtrack by, oh my god, what's that, Tangerine Dream, if anybody knows them. So there's some a lot of fun stuff going on with that uh, that we could talk about. Yeah, I, I mean, I think one of the things, speaking of that scene with Kevin Garnett, that the movie opens in Ethiopia with these miners, and it's like, I don't know, maybe it's 2012 or 2010, or yeah, it's a little bit earlier. earlier. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, there's somebody who has been injured, and the yeah. miners are pulling them out, and like graphically, the contractors. It's just someone graphically yes, injured. Like, and um, and then a couple miners like look at look at each other, like let's go back in because nobody's in the mine, and we can find this this dime this whatever they're mining, and they find that's where you see the opal for the first time, um, and mm-hmm. they look at it, and they kind of have this experience of like seeing into the opal and seeing uh. their whole entire lives. Or, or maybe they don't see it's just like really what they see, through. but they're definitely yeah. transfixed. Yeah, and yeah. then it, it's like a David Lynch type thing where, like, uh-huh. look at this ear on the ground and then zoom into the <laughs> ear and what's oh inside God. the ear. Yeah. It felt very trippy. And, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know what kind of movie this is going to be. It's not right. what I expected at first. Yeah. But then it shifts out of that. And basically, other than the Kevin Garnett moments, uh-huh. it's not super trippy weird. It's just a really expensive opal and i right I, yeah maybe that i don't know if this is a question or a complaint or a, just a point that um that for all his obsession with money and 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 gambling and all this kind of stuff um howard doesn't ever really have the same kind of moment or connection with the opal like he's the one who's been waiting on it he's the one who gets mm-hmm. it it's really decisive for him as kind of a i don't know maybe you'd call it a sort of MacGuffin, but yeah it's is it's never 
something in and of itself that he values in the way that Kevin Garnett seems to yeah, value. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really, yeah, I never, I didn't notice that. This is also, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of things I didn't catch the first time through the movie that kind of reading recaps and watching a few scenes to get ready for the podcast. I'm like, this one's worth a rewatch for for me for a couple of reasons. Absolutely. Because I, I yeah. do feel like the first time I watch, so there are movies like uh, many of the other movies we've watched for this where I watched them the first time <laughs> and I'm like, I got it. <laughs> I knew what I was getting and I got it and I don't need to return to it unless I want that specific experience again. <laughs> And yes, then there are yeah. movies that I'll watch where I'll that are maybe a little more challenging or don't tell me that I'm not sure what the story is watching it and I don't figure it out until the end. And the this Ridiculous was, Six. Yeah, like that. Uh, and this is one of those movies and so I, I do feel like the first watching it I was trying to figure out what exactly it was the whole time. And even watching mm-hmm. some of the scenes just now I'm like these scenes are really well constructed. So now that I know what the movie yeah. is, I'd, I'd love to go back and watch it, not being like, what's going to happen? Who is this character? How am I supposed to feel? And just be like, how did they, what's going on? Like, what are some of the things in this scene? Like, the way the music. How is this plays being crafted? It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's worth another look at some point for the, when we I go through all agree. the movies I... again for season two of the adam sandler podcast i was thinking about what (laughs) i was thinking about this like i i wrote it actually early on in the movie that i just wrote myself a question have adam sandler movies ruined me because i think that hopefully this hasn't translated into my like other movie watching but when i watch and when i sit down to watch an adam sandler movie it's a little bit hard to get into the headspace that like I am about to experience an artfully constructed product because so often it is very superficial and you know, what you see is what you get. And mm-hmm. the like analysis is what's interesting, not the actual object you're analyzing. Whereas this mm-hmm. is just a really complex, I would even say multifaceted, uh-huh. um, gem like, uh, <laughs> piece of art yeah. that, um, that yeah I, I i and there were certain things that it was doing that i think were sophisticated enough to kind of confound my adam sandler brain my adam sandler movie brain into getting a little frustrated with what it was doing because i was like anticipating certain really boneheaded things that the movie might do and then it didn't do those boneheaded things but uh-huh what i'm sorry i've watched 40 Uh of these now i that's what they do they do really they make really (laughs) stupid characters make really stupid decisions and there are really dumb inexplicable plot twists i don't know what you want me to do with this (laughs) yeah yeah that's interesting it wasn't it wasn't other adam sandler movies that i think threw me a little bit with this movie but it was other movies in the same vein that throw me a little bit Mm. because I kept trying to be like and also hype and I which is another reason I want to rewatch it because first first uh everybody talked all the hype was how stressful the movie was Mm -hmm. and I think that that threw me a little bit because watching some of these scenes I think this movie is funnier 
than I knew it was yes. when I was watching it. Yes. Because yes. I think it's actually really funny, and I didn't catch any of that the first time I watched it. I only realized that when I was looking at some of these scenes again, and I was like, that's fucking hilarious. Like, in the first scene, I can only talk about the first scene, because that's what I've watched most recently. Sorry for people who are excited for this episode. But first scene's great. Um, he's like... You're going to love the, it, guys. The mafia guy, Enforcer, is like being really, is kind of menacing him. And he's just like, wait, let me get you some water, though. And uh, <laughs> the mafia guy is like, I don't want any water. And he's like, no, 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 no. This is this is sourced from a spring. We have our water sourced originally from a spring. And I was like, that's actually really funny. Like, in this moment, what he wants to do is he wants to ramble about how like unique the water that he has is like and that's such a mm -hmm. great character detail but when i was watching the movie the first time I, I didn't catch that i was just like when's it gonna get really stressful when am i gonna be on that just like Ooh. and yeah that only kind of happened toward the end for me which maybe is different than other people's experience but yeah it was just a thing where i was like looking for the wrong thing i felt like yeah, there there was yeah. a moment with um, with the door, which becomes you know like an important mm -hmm. point later. But mm -hmm. there's this you know it's it's one of these um, it's a jewelry store, and so you have your main entrance, and then there's like a little waiting area, and then you have to like shut the main entrance door, and then be buzzed mm -hmm. in to be able to unlock the waiting area door and come into the jewelry store. So there's this like safeguard, and it's like a glass door you can hear people in there talking but um you know you have to be let in but the door sticks sometimes and there's this moment kind of a tense moment where he like wants the opal and kevin garnett has the opal and kevin garnett comes into the waiting room but then the door locks and they can't figure out they can't get it opened for kevin garnett to come out of the waiting room and so they're just arguing and it felt like it took 35 minutes uh -huh. like I don't, the scene was probably like three or four uh -huh. but it was a very long scene and i was very frustrated by how stupid it was. I was like very frustrated. Like, why? Why is this happening? Why can't they fix the door? Why is it? Uh -huh. What is the point of this? And then, at some point toward the end of that scene, it was like, this is funny. Yeah. And I found myself like, okay, I get it now. I, you know, sorry at first I I was like taking this seriously uh -huh. and. and getting annoyed by these characters for being morons uh -huh. instead of realizing that these characters are morons from the get-go and right. then just kind of enjoying the ride. Yeah. And I think that, like, I'm I'm trying to think of, like, a quintessential, like, a, um, a really distilled example of that, like, in terms of comedic effect is, like, if you watch someone walking through a hall, down a hall of banana peel, peels, and they can't help but slipping on the banana peels as much as they try they just keep falling and they stand back up and start walking and they uh. fall again and fall again if you're watching that from the perspective of like drama and you care <laughs> about this person and you're invested in what happens to them you uh. are like jesus christ this is the most stressful thing i've ever seen in yeah. my life why is this happening make it stop but if you're watching it from the perspective of comedy you know this is it this is the point the point right. is to like be in this space of complete stupidity and ineptitude uh -huh. and that's what's funny about it uh, yeah yeah just a, I think that, a really yeah. funny distinction that kind of occurred to me midway uh -huh. through that really really yeah. stressful scene i think yeah and i think this the stress too 
like people talk about how stressful it was and I think one of my problems too was that I went into it and like I thought I had it I did I didn't invest in the character enough because I was like oh he's one of those characters that is kind of like he's a dick too Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and I think that I almost was like (laughs) at some point and I have this is not totally out of left field but I, I very much got a movie if you've heard of this uh, movie the movie Bad Lieutenant with Harvey Cattell from 1991 or 92 or something you know I've because, heard of the sequel with Nick Cage yeah there's a sequel too I don't know I actually that, don't know anything about that, the sequel but this okay. movie with Harvey Cattell I won't talk about it too much but it, it also it follows a character who makes increasingly terrible decisions and falls increasingly far into debt and he is a but the thing about that character is that he is like a mo- he's a monster <laughs> he is like okay and okay. it's like yeah. this horror it's it's a horrifying movie i watched it when i was like 18 it's been a while since i've seen it like that was the last time i saw it but I, it was like horrifying <laughs> to watch and you're just like oh my god this like the shittiest human being that has ever walked the earth is just he's like this cop and he's like really scummy and anyway it's it's just pushed your face into grime and you're just kind of like looking at it like with your hands over your eyes uh there's probably Mm -hmm. more nuance to the movie i realized than what i got out of it at 18 where i was like no way that's it movies maybe (laughs) if if anything we've learned learned anything it's yeah (laughs) but at the time that's what how i kind of read it so i was reading this similar i was just like oh He's just like a. We're just watching this kind of shitty character uh, fuck himself over the course of two hours, <laughs> and I think that at some point toward the end of the movie, I realized, no, he's like, the movie wants me to sympathize with him to a certain extent. Not necessarily when he's being a dick, but I'm supposed to at least be like, oh, there's something kind of like. And there's a scene, we'll, we'll talk about the scene at some point, but there's a specific scene where I was like, oh, now I'm endeared to him. If I had gone into the movie like that, how would my experience be different? So, I don't know. Just yeah, expectations, yeah. you know? Right. Confuses you. Um, confounds you. I, I think, and I do think that this, I mean, whether you think of it as like comedy or drama, it still is stressful in part because the the character is someone who consistently puts himself in harm's way. Yeah. And I think like there were several moments where it was like, Oh, that person's going to steal the st- the opal or, Oh, that person already has stolen the opal. And I mean, there were, there was one scene that I think, or one stretch of the movie that lasted for probably 15 minutes where it was just like, okay, that dude he trusted actually took the opal and now isn't going to give it back. But turns out that dude had let somebody else borrow it. And you know, there was, it was mm-hmm. just more complicated than that. But we're so, we are, I guess, stuck in the realm of, like, thriller in a way, where we uh, are with the character, or, which which one is it? Oh, mystery, right? Where we don't know what's going to happen to him, and we also, we don't, like, he doesn't know what's going to happen, and we also don't know what's going to happen. So we're both mm-hmm. kind of just waiting to see, is this opal gone, or is it mm-hmm. is it there? So yeah, I feel like, on one hand, it's the character, and the stress of like trying to connect with this character. And then on the other hand, it's the fact that this character consistently over and over and over again is just 
slipping on a banana peel. Right, yeah. Or is getting, it seems like he's getting ready to, oh, shit, he's about to slip on that banana. No, nope. yeah. okay, he, he moved out right. of the way at the last second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do we, we could, uh, you know, we, we always take a little time to talk about the um, the supporting cast, you know, who who bring this this rich tapestry to life um to kind of the, the kind of leaves and the branches of the mm-hmm. adam sandler tree trunk you know yeah as we've called it before in the past um did you want to <laughs> talk about some yeah. of the, yeah some of those maybe uh some of those characters absolutely let me um we've already yeah, have talked about better. kevin garnett um yeah who does a great job playing Kevin Garnett. I thought that was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he is um, good, actually. Yeah, he's really good in it. I was ex- I was excited to see um, Lakeith Stanfield, who I have mm-hmm. seen in um, um, Sorry to Bother You, that Sorry the to movie about like, the weird telemarketing um, yes. thing. That was, yeah, he's good and, in that. Uh, and I don't know if you saw this. I saw pl- this. Yeah. Keep going. I was, he plays um, the the guy who's had this kind of procedure and get out. One of the guys who's had that procedure. Oh, um, okay. Like the main character cool, meets yeah. him and he's like a very nice but kind of you know blank faced uh-huh. stare. Um, so it's funny because I think of this movie as one that was made in 2012. Like I find myself. Oh, yeah, like, oh yeah. It's, it's cool to see like an early performance by him. No, it's not. It's, it's <laughs> right, later, but he was actually. already um, he'd already done that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's also um, in. The movie that I recently saw, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes, uh, he's he's incredible in that. I don't know if you saw that, but I did. Yeah, yeah, I thought that so was damn good. an incredible performance. Yeah, so and he's good here too, though yeah. it is kind of a not he's not kind of minor character, right? Like, I mean, he shows up yeah. a lot, but he he's not that. He he plays. He's what is he? He's his friend who helps him he's kind of his friend so with clients he helps him with clients and and in return stuff howard gives him space to sell watches sell watches Um, and so that it's very transactional but also like at the end of the day he has like multiple opportunities to fuck howard over and he doesn't yeah and you know ends up ends up looking out for him Um, yeah which is which is a spoiler. Obviously, you shouldn't watch. Uh, you know, listen to this unless you've watched the movie. But yeah, um, we'll try to save the bigger ones so that we'll, we'll give warning. But yeah, <laughs> and yeah, there's a great yeah. there's a great one running gag where he's so like debt collectors of various types are constantly running into Howard, and he's he gives he always gives them watches, and he says it's not mine. <laughs> and I I, I caught. <laughs> At least when I was watching it, I thought those were all uh, the Lakeith Stanfield characters' watches that he just had a bunch of spare ones, and he's just like giving this guy. That's exactly right. Out. That is, yeah, because there's a moment where <laughs> there's a moment where Lakeith's character comes in and is like, "Where are all my watches?" Okay, <laughs> and I, I think Howard says that, something yeah. like, "They're not even worth anything. It's not a big deal." <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I, I think they're counterfeit watches, like counterfeit Rolexes and stuff, or maybe not Rolex, but whatever, the rich gold shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's a um, good one. Um, I have one 
specifically that I do want to talk about. Oh, also the weekends sure. in the movie. <laughs> Here and there. Yeah. That's kind of funny. That was cool. Uh, I was like, they should make a movie about the weekend instead. Yeah. Uh, right. There's also... Uh, uh, I just we get some, I dig, dig his music. We do get some cameo, just their voices, but Natasha Lyonne, uh, who, who does that... Uh, I mean, she's done a lot of stuff, but I guess I most know her from Russian Doll, the TV show. Her voice is in the movie... And so no is way. Tilda, yeah, and so is Tilda Swinton's. I didn't know either of that till just till when? I was looking through this. When? Uh, Natasha Lyonne, I think, is the voice of the the uh, Celtic staff staff member on the phone. And Tilda Swinton oh. is the auction house is the auction house manager on the okay. phone that he calls at it. one point. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. That's awesome. Didn't really catch that. That is really fun. But one that I thought was really interesting was, okay, one of the, the the like the henchmen guys, uh, the collectors, is uh, mm-hmm. a guy named Keith William Richards, and I was reading about him, and he had not ever been in a. Movie I wonder why before. he goes by Keith William Richards. I don't know. He never been in a movie before. They, a uh, talent manager or, or agent, just saw him waiting for the L train in New York, and was like, "You have to Damn. be in movies." And he said, "It was like the he he'd been approached at previous times for movies, just like hanging out, <laughs> and he mm-hmm. said he'd always said no because." He was like, ah, I don't really want all that. And this time he was like, well, people keep coming up to me about this, so I guess I'll do it. That's so fucking cool. Yeah, and he is great because he does just look like and a guy, right? He's just like kind of a grizzled. He looks like a guy. Grizzled guy. He's an asshole. He's like super angry, yeah. like anger issues. And yeah, I think what a great yeah. job to be cast in your first Yeah. Did, what a great job he did to be cast in your first role and have to play yeah. somebody who's like varying levels of enraged at right. the time. And but like, like sometimes has to play it really chill and sometimes can just like go off the cuff or um, uh, you know, go off the the the, the chain, right. if you will. And he's not actually yeah. that guy, of course, but reading about it, he is like, like apparently he was a, he grew up in Brooklyn. This is an interview. I'll link the interview somewhere in the, uh, site description i was i read an interview with him and but he he, they they asked him he was like did you know mafia people growing up and he was like well i grew up in brooklyn and that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) so uh, presumably he saw some of these guys around i assume that that's a thing that people do sometimes i I like the idea that one of the producers saw him on the l train Uh like beating the shit out of some guy who owed somebody money <laughs> he was like you're perfect yeah. you're perfect it's like i don't know <laughs> really <laughs> i really hang on hang on a minute this guy's getting yeah. away hang on let me break his leg um so what were you saying i get but, but i guess he was like a yeah maybe like Good a 9 11 first responder it looked like like a fireman or something and he got really sick for a oh, while shit. but just little tidbits um and then we yeah. have I, yeah. So I want to, I want to talk about um, 
So a lot of people, uh, well, by a lot of, I mean, I think I saw um, two articles about Adina Menzel playing Howard's wife, estranged wife. Yeah. Um, and I, I did, I liked her performance. I think there are like a couple really amazing moments where, where she's, does a great job but she's not she's she's very much a minor character i think compared to mm-hmm. his um his girlfriend julia fox mm-hmm. or um, yeah she's yeah. played by julia fox she goes by julia de Fior. and what i loved about her character is she's like younger beautiful works at his jewelry store but also is you know dating him um obsessed with the weekend really wants to go see the weekend there's a way that mm-hmm. throughout the movie you never really know where her loyalties lie. Like, is mm-hmm. she in this? Like, obviously she. You know, you you think like she can't be attracted to this like fifty year old dude um, yeah. with a bunch of money. It's got to be for the money. Like mm-hmm. you you read that kind of version of it. So throughout the movie you're kind of like bouncing back and forth trying to figure out does she really care about him? Um, is this more meaningful than just like a transactional relationship? And I thought that was such a cool way to layer basically the same story on top of yeah. on top of the main story, which is about like what is this guy doing, what's gonna happen, this kind of uncertainty, um, not really knowing what to expect. Um, so I just I loved the way that that was so well kind of woven into uh-huh. the overall story. Just another layer yeah. of that like what the hell is happening right now? Who do who can you really trust? Um, yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. I'm really I'm glad that I'm glad you said that because I also uh, was not I didn't quite know how to read her throughout the movie, but I thought that was just on me because I thought that was me thinking I was watching one thing and maybe watching the wrong movie, mm. <laughs> and so I, I <laughs> so I guess I don't know how much of this is really a spoiler, but like I was definitely reading it all as transactional. Um, throughout yeah. the movie, and was just like, oh, she's just—it's just like this transactional thing going, like basically. That and then, so here's like the spoiler, I guess, which is that there's a part in the movie where I was like, no, she actually is in love with him, and that caused me to, from that point, read the movie differently, and that's what mm. endeared me to the start investing in the characters it's towards the end of the movie and but there was a thing where she was like basically i don't know she i don't even remember exactly how this movie does it but i was just like oh there that's a serious relationship that i can take seriously now i'm kind of endeared to these characters all of a sudden i do care what happens to them even though howard keeps digging himself deeper and deeper now i'm like oh shit i actually yes. care more now and now i'm in mm-hmm. the movie that i probably could have been watching the entire time but <laughs> i got there eventually <laughs> but yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah um yeah it's, she's a really interesting character um there's also this moment in the movie and i I, I wasn't as vigilant as I wish I could have been to be sure that it doesn't happen again. But there's one particular moment where um, they kind of have a fight. She kind of, you know, she does something that's like not 
great to do when you're in a relationship uh, and then they have this kind of fight and they part ways and they're like leaving a bar and it actually doesn't go with Howard though and we've been with Howard pretty much the entire time um, but it moves with the scene moves with Julia as she's walking home from the bar and it's maybe like mm. a three minute scene mm. um, but you see you see, you see her without without like her being sutured to to Howard so you're just seeing her without Howard watching her or how and so you kind of get like to me it was like oh here's a realer version of Julia mm-hmm. or like a version that isn't tempered by his presence and I thought that moment in particular I won't say why but I thought it was really definitive for me to show oh she she cares about Howard mm-hmm. like she does care about him and the fact that she made the decision that she does in that scene instead of another decision she could have made. I, I feel like, wait, like, can I say, I don't even know if I should say spoilers. I'm, I'm like kind of apprehensive about saying anything more than that. Um, just cause in case somebody were to listen to this and uh-huh. why the hell would they do that though? I'll just say it. So like she's, she's like in uh-huh. the bar, get ready. If you want to skip past this, like five minutes, you uh-huh. can do that. But, um, but she's in the bar. She's like about, kind of like almost hooking up with the weekend in a bathroom. Howard comes in, finds out there's a huge fight. She defends Howard. She leaves with Howard. He like goes off on her and, you know, is is incredibly unforgiving and a total shithead about, about this like Mm -hmm. moment of her kind of drunkenly almost hooking up and they part ways and she's walking away and she like gets into an argument with a girl in line, all this stuff. And there's this, kind of I feel like it's a moment where she could if she wanted to like get in line or try to go back in or try to make amends and and try to like continue to pursue this whatever was happening with the weekend um and she doesn't she chooses to like go home which to me just says like okay the relationship means more to her than just like a transactional thing she mm-hmm. defended Howard in this moment left with him um, wanted to stay with him and then like even when he rejected her was like sticking with him I'm not saying she was making the right decision mm-hmm. <laughs> in any way with her relationship with Howard but mm-hmm. it felt like a more it was like oh I'm I'm getting to see who she really is outside of that relationship and she's somebody who clearly cares about the relationship or else she wouldn't she, she would try to go back into the bar oh are you still there Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I got my internet crapped out for a second there. No, I just immediately froze after that uh, long rambling commentary because <laughs> I yeah, basically cool character. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And uh, of course, yeah. At the very least, it's more nuanced. I mean, you could get into things about like he's a lot older, he has a lot more money. She works for him. Is is this okay? And uh, yeah. Yeah. Or, or whatever, but it, it certainly like has more. It's it's not a uh, one dimensional like relationship like might be in a really bad movie or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like whether or not you think they should be dating each other, I won't. Don't even want to really get into that. Just the characters have some are invested in each other, <laughs> so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you can read the movie. You can watch the movie that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I want to talk about a. Speaking of like the scenes and the, well, I'll I'll let you 
what do you want to talk about? No, just, no, go go for it, go for it. I don't have anything else. Th- there's there's a moment. Speaking of how the scenes are constructed, there's a moment toward the end where um, Arlo, who's the money shark brother-in-law who who wants mm-hmm. the money from Howard, and then his two henchmen, one of them being the guy that the producer saw on the L train, um, Kevin, mm-hmm. Kevin, Kevin Richard, Kevin Richards. Keith Richards, uh, sorry. Keith, um, Keith. Keith William Richards, and uh, they're all stuck <laughs> in that box. Remember the box uh-huh. that we saw earlier that like doesn't always uh, lock properly. So Howard has lock, has gotten them to lock themselves in the box. Um, Julia is on her way to um, Mohegan's son to bet a bunch of money on the Celtics to win this game. And Howard is watching, sitting in his his jewelry store watching the game on television like flipping out every time something good happens or something bad happens and just like so engrossed in the game and i found myself really engrossed in in the game as well like oh come on come on um but it occurred to me as i'm sitting there watching it that we are basically arlo and his henchmen like we are they are stuck Mm -hmm. and forced to witness the madness that is howard like to just bear witness Uh, to his addiction his you know i don't know what else you want to call it um right yeah and i I felt like oh man that's what how i felt this whole movie now they know like they're they're sitting there Uh, sweat they're also sweating and i wrote a note at one point i was like my hands are super sweaty right now in this (laughs) random scene in the movie um Uh, but yeah so they're like they're stuck in it too and i i just think that's there's there's something really clever to me about that to like put your character in a position that they're forced to watch another character a character that they really just want they want his money they don't want to talk to him they don't want to interact with him they just want their money back the uh, money that he owes them but yes, instead yeah. they're forced to just be like oh my god look at this dude right he's so <laughs> he's so emotive mm-hmm. and Adam Sandler yeah and that that's probably that might be his best part of the performance is that scene because he is so like ooh yeah oh man I want to talk about that scene but I did have one quick thing and then we should talk about that scene and just kind of open the floodgates for the spoilers and stuff because we got to it right yeah yeah eventually um and uh and then we can talk about uh capitalism or something but (laughs) hell yeah um the, f- the first part love it oh yeah but the one note that i have is that uh i didn't like i don't know basketball history enough to know how the games were going to go out but it occurred to me that if you did your mo- your movie experience might be different because <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know what the end of that game was gonna be what a spoiler you know to yeah. not know that you were watching a spoiler 10 years ago Right. Like, hey, this this basketball mm, game you're watching mm-hmm. right now, that's going to spoil this really popular movie right, that comes yeah. out a decade later. Yeah. So if you're – yeah, isn't that interesting? And I was like, I don't know who, how it's going to go. Um, one uh, – just, that's just one – another great reason to not immerse yourself in basketball trivia. <laughs> yeah. And I know, yeah, and I have friends who are very immersed in basketball trivia, and I always try to explain to them, like, no, don't learn anything about this thing you love. You'll ruin it. 
Yeah, you never know. You you might ruin some really cool movies later on in life. Yeah, you might. Yeah. If you learn something, you can't be surprised by it later. I'm always saying that. Um, okay, so moving towards some spoilers, I think. Uh, I want to go back to that scene in the in the jewelry store. But first, I want to say the real thing that made me understand what I was watching before that was he has a scene where Kevin Garnett comes and basically calls him on his shit. So one thing, so like there's a lot about an auction. So yeah, we're in the spoilers part space. Uh, the, the spoiler the spoiler. spoiler. Oh, okay. Or how about this, like... Welcome to the Spoiler Warehouse. Oh, wow. <laughs> Those are doors opening. Yeah. Right, and you were doing the forklift? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know why right. the doors opened after it's the It's like forklift, a whole... But... It could also be like the scene in Indiana Jones. Oh, no, am I spoiling Indiana Jones? Don't do it. Joke? Don't do it. Shit. Well, if okay, you've seen Indiana ahead. Jones, you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> that's right. The scene with his dad. He's he's shrugging. He I don't I can't remember Indiana Jones, so I don't know what he's talking about. But he's just shrugging on the camera. It's the scene where his dad tells not him Harrison that Ford, he loves him. Chris. Yeah. You mean Sean Connery? Is he? He's Sean yeah. Connery's his dad, right? Sean Connery is his dad. Yep. And he turns out at the end of um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you find out he was the raider. Right. Yeah, at yeah. the very end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. They're like, but we still never found out who the raider was. And then the camera zooms in on Sean Connery and he just like winks at the camera. And just, like, he's in his casket. He's know. in his casket with his arms crossed. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And he like turns his head and he's like, Whoops. <laughs> you'll ne- you'll never know now, son. Oh, that's good. I'm sh- I'm sh- I'm Sean. Okay, we're getting off the rails here. Sorry. You go ahead. He goes by Sean. <laughs> that was his name. I'm Sean. Yeah. Hell yeah. Jonathan Connery. Oh, yeah. Um, so, okay. So in this movie, so so. The uh, the opal turns out not to be worth very much money. <laughs> he tells people yeah. it's worth a ton of money. He's basically, I, I think he thinks he believes it too. It's hard to yeah. say, but yeah, he thinks not. it's worth. I don't even remember it. Like a lot of money. he thinks it's worth millions, and it turns millions? out to be like yeah. seven hundred fifty thousand, which is still a lot oh, or something. Oh god, right, seven hundred fifty. Yeah, it's still a lot of money, but I think he's it's kind of been banking on it like being that. worth millions of dollars um and then kevin garnett comes and he basically calls him on his shit and this is really interesting too because kevin garnett is basically like how much did you pay the like the miners right Mm -hmm. how much did you pay the ethiopian miners who we see at the beginning of the movie and one of them basically loses his foot for this for the mining yeah so the miners are being completely exploited and so that's I thought that was very interesting that he basically mm-hmm. is like how much are you actually paying the miners? So you thought it was gonna be worth like however many millions of dollars, and what were you giving the miners? Like I don't know, and it's it's not a lot of money, right? 
especially compared to the payoff. Anyway. Yeah. And he's like, why do you do this? Why do you do all this nonsense, basically? And this is... And uh, Howard says to him, basically, well, this is how I, like... This is how I win. And that that sounds stupid, but <laughs> in the movie, it's actually, for me, it was really, like, at the very least, like, oh, I understand. Like, he's like, you're really good at sports. Do you want to win by, like, one point? Or do you want to win by 30 points? And do you want to show all the people that are betting against you, no, I can do this. I am this good. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I can't do sports. This is how I win. And he's like, I want to just, like, he wants to show the world that he's worth something. And that's what, and it's like, oh, that's what he was doing the whole time. That's why he's so addicted to this and why he's so, like, basically so shitty to everybody around him. But it's yeah. because he's like, he's like, I want to be something. It's I don't about want winning. to be nobody. Yeah. I want to be something. Yeah. Yes. And we frame that as winning, but it's basically, I want to exist. I want to be a person of that matters. And yeah. I'm completely, like, hypnotized by by our like capitalism so that i think the only way to do that for me is to make tons of money through these through this wheeling and dealing and stuff i don't know so i so i mean he's kind of saying that's like a yeah questionable motivation it's like this is what i believe and don't you believe it too but it's also like how else are we supposed what else are we supposed to do yeah. is there another way to exist sure, in this yeah, yeah. kind of system um, I just wanted to real yeah. quick fact check myself. The the gym is, he estimates the gym to be worth like twelve to fifteen million. But it, when when he gives it to the auction house, they estimate it to be around two hundred thousand. Um, and I think he okay. sells it just under two hundred thousand to <laughs> to a friend. Like he he needs someone in there to like up the uh, price, and they fuck it up. That's right. Kevin yeah, Garnett doesn't yeah. doesn't buy it at first. Um, Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's so right. I think, that all goes haywire. His scheme. Yeah. 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 So, like, I think um, on, in one way we to like build off of what you're saying on you know winning and and why he's doing what he's doing. I think one way to read it would be like, well, like anyone, he wants to be rich, and and to be rich, he's gonna sell mm-hmm. this opal and like be rich, and that's like that seems like the story of capitalism, but the real story of capitalism is people who are actually incredibly risk averse and who like amass wealth and find ways to keep holding on to their wealth and putting their wealth in in like safe places that it will continue to accrue and you know like the real i don't know i feel like the 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 like behemoth capitalists are the people who are just holding on to as much money as possible and avoiding mm-hmm. risk at every turn whereas like i think for Howard right, yeah. risk is like his ultimate motive. Like he wants to find spaces for yeah. risk. Like he's going to have a girlfriend on the side, even though he's married, he's going to yeah, uh, like yeah, spend yeah. a bunch of money on this opal. He's going to risk letting Kevin Garnett borrow the opal. He's going to, um, you know, yeah. s- pawn, pawn off yes. people's objects that they have entrusted to him and I, I felt like there was yes. some point at which it was like, this has nothing to do with money. This is just like pursuing as as fast mm. as he can that that high that is that comes with like basically game that gambling high of like I'm on a risk. I, I right. made this bet. Let's see what happens. Um, and yeah, I, I I haven't thought. I I wish that I had like 
I do feel like this is a movie that I would have liked to. Wa- I, mean, I definitely will watch again, but I would have liked to watch again and, and like really think about this way that he is kind of the anti-capitalist or the opposite of what we think of as like the the real capitalist but like that is he, he's like functioning the way that capitalism is supposed to work like capitalism is supposed to work with people hoarding wealth capitalism by on like the free market picture of it is like you put it mm-hmm. out there and it's moving and it's constantly moving and yeah. there's the constant risk and you just you know let it all you know kind of let it all play out how it's going to play i don't know there's yeah just a it's really the fascinating there, yeah. There's that moment where actually his reaction to the opal is a sexual reaction. He says something about how he has a hard on or something, um, and, <laughs> oh, yeah. and it's, it's like, like that, oh yeah, that's I I that's a funny thing. That, it's like yeah. a funny thing to say, but it is also like exact. Like it is just this basic primal thing for him: the risk and the kind of pursuit of that reward. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we get this scene, and to me, that plus learning, realizing that the uh, Julia character is actually like that is a relationship that they are invested in, and it's not just like I don't know, purely like sexual or transactional or something. Mm-hmm. Um, at least they're telling themselves that it's a re- like a relationship that could have a future, and they actually love each other and. But realizing that, it was like, oh, I'm, like, endeared to a flawed character now rather than watching just, like, kind of a shitty person stumble around. <laughs> yeah. Which, if I had started there, I think the movie would have been different. But but that's what did it for me. I was just like, oh, okay, I, I get, I feel, like, let into this character, and I'm, now I understand what movie I'm watching. Yes. Uh, so I thought that was a really interesting scene. Um, yeah, definitely. And then we get to the, the most like tense scene of the movie, which is when he locks a bunch of mobsters in his closet <laughs> and makes them watch him watch basketball. <laughs> and you know, I on paper, it doesn't happen. sound as compelling as it could be, but man, it was sure compelling yeah. on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, and then we have this whole thing where Julia goes to Vegas, right? Right, she mm-hmm. goes to Vegas to mm-hmm. place the bet to actually yeah. put the bet down, and then there's like is some that weird Mickey Rourke that are like is hanging that, around her. I was certain that that old man who was like, it was like an old, very tan oh. man with long blonde hair. He's rich, and it's like, oh, this dude is super creepy, and he might try to steal Julia's money. And I, I thought it was Mickey Rourke, but, but I then think he I ends probably up just always her. think, yeah, yeah, again, just like comedic number of times that your expectation is is kind mm-hmm. of subverted right you're she even goes into his hotel room mm-hmm. and you're like oh man this is gonna be kind of like this is gonna be kind of gnarly and uncomfortable yeah. but it's it's actually pretty innocent right i don't i wouldn't yeah he's like maybe he's not an innocent old, <laughs> he's an old horn dog for sure but he's like, I'm going to yeah. go get ready and like take a shower. You just hang out and watch your basketball. I love seeing a woman who loves basketball. Right. So like, he's a total, you know, weirdo, but he's yeah. not like forcing himself on her or anything. Uh, but right. The, the real moment is like uh, when, when the Celtics win and she 
Howard ends up getting one point two million dollars or something. I think that's mm-hmm. what it is um, from this this bet. We know that from Howard's perspective, but we don't know what's happening with Julia's perspective. Uh-huh. When we cut to Julia's perspective, the creepy old man is going up with Julia's card, and he gets all the money in two duffel bags, and he walks out of Mohegan Sun, walks mm-hmm. over to a limo, and so there's this mm. and another another expectation like shit, she's like dead. He's pushed her out of the window or something. Uh-huh. Um, he's got her money, but. The, win- the limo door opens and there's Julia ready to, to take the, the handoff. And yeah, just again, like in yeah. a drama, that would be so annoying. Uh-huh. Like, why did you do this? But in a movie that is actually cutting really close to comedy and dipping into comedy, that's uh-huh. a funny moment. Like, oh, you got me again. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, so that was played by, it's this guy, right? It was, it's played by Wayne Diamond. Mickey Rourke, I think, is the name. Mickey. <laughs> Mickey so Rourke. Wayne Diamond is a fashion designer, uh, and oh. I think professional gambler. And he's playing himself. It also, okay. So I apologize for calling him a creepy old man. Um, <laughs> he's just a normal, classy-looking dude, not a weird horn dog yeah, man. Yeah. Um, exactly. Love your work, yeah, Wayne. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know him either, but I, I think if we were paying attention to different things and then we would know who he was <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i'm not paying attention to shit man so i don't I know, know i don't I'm know not who either. anybody I'm is um yeah uh so yeah that's oh yeah i think he has to help her with the money though because i think there's more uh mafia people there that are gonna try to take yes. it immediately yes. or something yeah but like okay cool dude what a what a great move yeah yeah nice yeah. to help her um and i also felt that like tension of like oh man this guy's this is gonna go bad but then it doesn't and then uh and oh man and howard gets so excited and you're with him in the moment and he wins and he won everybody he can pay off the debt and all this and he also make a bunch of money for himself i assume and uh then uh well what did you think was gonna happen (laughs) justin well, hang on. You know, we're in this. We're in the the spoiler warehouse. I know that, and maybe we belabor the point about the spoilers too much on this show, people. And you're a little bit like, just get on with it. Tell me, I've yeah, already seen I the movie, care. or I'm yeah. not going to watch it until I finish this. I don't care about spoilers. Shut up about it. Um, but I do think maybe we should, if we're going to talk about this moment, step into the. Um, the the lead supervisor of the spoiler warehouse's office to have this conversation mm-hmm. oh, yeah, kind of a yeah, more yeah. private chat so if you don't want to step into this office with us to have this conversation um that's fair hello hello there it's, it's me sean connery <laughs> i'm not i'm dead. the manager i'm the raider this is what you get to do in heaven <laughs> Oh, sorry, Sean. Sorry, Sean. Um, um, yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead with the spoiler. Okay. Oof, well, one. no. What did you th- What did you think was going to happen, though? If you had, I was. Thoughts. I was not expecting that because everybody's like reactions had chilled out, uh, and I think I had just seen so many um, kind of false starts of bad things not happening um, when I thought they might that I, I was like, okay, damn, he really did it. What a twist. 
But again, yeah. like I said, my brain is fried from all these movies, so it's just mush up there. It has no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was like, as soon as they lock, as he locked him in, I was just like, he's gonna come out and kill him, because you can't lock, uh, like mafia hit men in a closet. <laughs> for them three hours, for three hours, for three hours, you just can't yeah. do it. Like I don't know. Like in there's a reason like, why they hired I, that probably guy. Probably can do it. I don't know. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They. Yeah, there is a reason that guy exists, and it is because he's going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and I thought he was, I thought the whole movie was going that way. So, and then he did that. I was still in it, especially at that point. That was where the tension suddenly kicked in, and I was just like, oh, fuck. Because now I'm invested, I'm, and I, I want them to get the money and get away all of a sudden. So, yeah, I mean, to be and, clear, the moment that they win... Everybody's mm-hmm. excited. Howard unlocks the door. The guys right, come yeah. out, and immediately uh, Keith William yeah, Richards Keith. shoots him in the head, kills right. him. Yeah, he just kills and, him right away. Yeah. And then the the thing that did surprise me is where it went after that, which is that he like tells so the loan shark, Arlo, Howard's brother-in-law. He tell Keith Richards. I don't need to use his middle name. It's fine. Everyone <laughs> will know He's not going to be confused about. with anybody. Yeah. Uh, right, right, right. So uh, fucking Mick Jagger over here is uh, <laughs> terrible. So Bruce I'm Springsteen sorry. comes in cut and he's like... Out. Delete that. Yeah, yeah. Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Let's cut the last um, half of this episode. That's, that's probably... That's why he doesn't want, didn't want to be an actor. Is he was like, people are going to do that. It's going to be annoying. I don't want them to do that. Yeah. I've grown up. I've been Keith my whole life. No, he hasn't, actually. He was like, I changed my name to Keith Richards Keith, at whatever. 19 because I really wanted to learn how to play guitar. And I thought, okay, I'll change my name, and that will force yeah. me to commit to my new name? passion, yeah. playing guitar. And right. then my guitar string broke, yeah. and I didn't know how to change it, and I haven't touched the thing in 30 years. So Right, yeah. That's how it happens. Uh, yeah. So anyway... He, uh, he he's like he says to the to Arlo, stay over stay right here. And then Arlo after tries he's to shot make a break him. for it too. Yeah. After he shot Howard. And then he shoots Arlo, or he like grabs him and shoots him and kills him. Which yeah. that's. I didn't expect that because, it's just like oh okay, they're like either he's so pissed, that. He's just killing anybody that he feels like led to him being locked in this closet or he's just like yeah the people that my my top bosses are basically like yeah fuck Howard he you, you can't work with a gambling addict who is insane and will lock you in a closet and we can't work with this loan shark either because he gives Howard too many chances and we just need to get rid of all of this I guess for us. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's the latter one, but I, I kind of wonder, I don't really know, um, how hierarchical and like connected we're supposed to imagine this to be. Cause I, I kind of just took it as like Keith Richards dude is like, 
fuck this, I'm killing this guy, and if Arlo yeah. doesn't keep his mouth shut and stay still while we ransack this jewelry mm-hmm. store, I'm going to yeah. kill him too, because, right. again, our relationship is totally transactional, as many of the mm-hmm. relationships are in here, mm-hmm. and I don't care about you beyond you paying me money, and I just right. spent three hours of my life sweating my ass off in a, a glass chamber with two other grown men. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking pissed, and I want out of here and yeah. stay out of my way. I, I put a lot of money on the, the Celtics losing, actually. Oh, I bet that's, that's, that's what the real reason. I can't wait yeah, for the spinoff just, series yeah. about that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for whatever reason, and uh, they ransack the jewelry store. I, mean, I guess that's the end of the movie. The end. The end, yeah. So Howard dies. He didn't make it. Oh, and then it does zoom in on Howard's it, the bullet hole. Does on it? Howard and like goes okay. inside of him. You know, there, there's Similar another moment that I the... think you really should expect this to be a funny movie when at the very beginning it zooms in on the opal and when it zooms mm-hmm. out of the opal, yeah. we're actually in Howard's colon looking at um, the camera uh, as a doctor performs a colonoscopy on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then so at the, at the very end, we have the same kind of thing happening, but we go into the bullet hole and then from there go into the the end credits which is like a really the end credit song was really upbeat and like uh-huh. okay so i'm not i'm not given any time to grieve this or to to, to think on this no, like profound yeah. loss or the, you know what what is this that's all interesting mean? no yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah that's an interesting choice yeah yeah i'd love to what hear did, a podcast what? really explore that <laughs> What what did this movie mean, Justin? What um, did it all mean? Have you read uh, Death of a Salesman? No, I haven't read Death of a Salesman. Oh, okay. I just meant to I meant to talk to you about that after the podcast is over. Oh, okay. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we may never know, folks. Yeah. I do, I do just think that part of it is like this is supposed to be funny and it's yeah. a really intense really intense really tense movie but it also is not taking itself too seriously I think so too yeah. that like Kevin Garnett thinks is magic and is going to change the way he plays <laughs> basketball like yeah. you really <laughs> believe Kevin Garnett yeah. would think that <laughs> right yeah you're absolutely right it is a yeah I think you're right and I and I yeah I like I like that I haven't seen that like. That's not how everyone is reacting to it. So I think you're absolutely right. I think it is in a lot of ways a, a dark a dark comedy. Yeah. That yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> if you give it a chance, man, I didn't laugh because I was, mm-hmm. waiting for this, part where I was gonna be stressed, <laughs> and then I was stressed. I didn't. Laugh. I thought laugh. the art was going to come later on, but I guess the whole thing is the art. I didn't. I didn't. I don't really. Yeah. Still figuring out what art is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so would you? Um, no, um, do you think you would? You would? Yeah. Would you recommend this movie to somebody? Like you know, you're walking down the street. You feel like yelling a rec- movie recommendation out to passersby. Would this be one of the top choices for you? Um. I would I would definitely recommend anybody that's interested in watching it watch it, uh, and certainly in the context of the Adam Sandler podcast, it's one hundred percent a recommendation. Yeah, 
awesome um, to watch. I feel like we, there's, as with um, previous movies where the movie's actually good, we spend less time, I think, or we spent less time this time at least talking about his performance and really digging into that. But yeah, it's fucking. Yeah, yeah, I know. Which is, great. his performance is Freak. really good. Um, yeah. I mean, there's more we could talk about, but yeah, I would, I would, uh, yeah, I'd recommend it. Um, it was a pretty good movie. Yeah. And definitely like, definitely in a different like style than some of the other good Adam Sandler movies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think I recommend every movie though at this point for some reason. I like to. Uh, well, I, li- I like what you you were what, like. I would recommend it for, to you know? anyone. Every, a movie who for every audience is interested in seeing this movie because I'm like, well, that's that's true of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> like if if somebody comes up to me and it's like, yeah, I really, I don't know why, but I really want to watch bedtime stories. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I recommend you do that. <laughs> well, I, yeah, but if you said, hey, I want a good whimsical kids movie with a fantastical element. I probably would have a lot of, if I thought about it, I could find some That's movies true. before That's bedtime true. stories to watch. But this yeah. is true of this too. Like, I'd, there are other movies that have that kind of. Well, it's. It kind of feels it has that like gritty like, and this is what a lot of the conversations about. It has that like gritty like New York like seventies feel that mm-hmm. some other movies like the Joker, the the Joaquin Phoenix Joker kind of try to tap into and kind of like you're going back to like taxi driver or or the bad lieutenant or something like that it has some of that feel Mm -hmm. to it but like we say it's actually i think at its heart it's a dark comedy unlike those a lot of those movies and it also has some really weird stuff with the where it zooms into the opal and it's all trippy and shit (laughs) Which those movies yeah. generally um, don't have, I think. So, it does have it. So it, it, it does have its own thing, and the soundtrack is I think great. One, so the more I talk about it, it is the more fucking I, awesome. Yeah, heartily I recommend. I've, I've said it. the f word a lot in this, yeah. but that's just to prepare you for the movie because there's a lot of cussing. Uh, but I, I I see also uh, yeah, like as you were talking, thinking about actually your your point makes a lot of sense that um, there are several Adam Sandler movies that if somebody came up to me and said like. I want a really whimsical, lighthearted children's movie. Would you recommend bedtime stories? And I'd be like, no, don't watch it. You're going to be disappointed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, or like, I want a really, like a butt gust, uh, I'm sorry, not a butt guster, but a gut buster. Okay. Like you, a you want a gut, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, still don't watch these movies. You're going to be disappointed. Right. Yeah. This They're is one better, where like yeah. somebody's like, I want a really gritty crime kind of, kind of movie. I'm like, go watch this you will you'll be fascinated you'll really enjoy it yeah i think that's i see the i see your point now so yeah i i, I too would recommend it um definitely in terms of the sandler uh i would recommend it but just generally too i thought it was a really cool um cool movie and yeah doing some really quirky things but really good stuff yeah yeah cool so so um, next up for us is is the hustle. Is that right? <laughs> no, 
Uh, Actually, I don't know what is next. We got we're gonna get is to it Hoobie Howie Halloween Hall- pretty soon. Yeah, and that'll be that fun. Sounds right. Will it? I don't mean that rhetorically. If that's Will it, it? it, can we do it's, it? Do you think we can do, do it before Halloween? Is it possible? Oh, I think we could. Oh, I think that's actually... That's why we spent four months, or however long we spent, between the last one and this one, was to prepare ourselves for Hoobie Halloween. Is there any Is there any chance in hell that we could get Hoobie Halloween out by Halloween? <laughs> Let's try to do it. Let's try to do it. We'll do it okay. like a week before... Or we'll, we'll record. We. I'll pull. We'll I'll pull an all-nighter if I have to. I. I usually. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to tell you my production process. I am completely devoted to this podcast and putting episodes out in a timely manner. Um, but I would be even more so to get Hubie Halloween out before Halloween. Yeah. We're oh. talking two and a half months, people. Um, yeah, I'm just actually, I, it, it kind of occurs to me, Son I feel like we bitch. have really crested a, a, quite the mountain peak here, um, because yeah. we're basically looking at like four more movies. No, it's more than that, isn't yeah. it? Um, I was looking at the wrong Wikipedia version, but not a lot. Like, no. Yeah. So we're not going to watch the wrong Missy, right? No, he's just a cameo in that. He might not okay. even be in it, actually. That's like okay. a David Spade feature. Do we need to go back and... Okay, yeah. Do the Happy Madison. Like, do we need to watch Paul Blart and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that Eventually. Stuff? So we've got Hoobie Halloween, I, I Hustle, um, Spaceman. Spaceman, which isn't out yet. And then Murder Mystery 2 and... Which is in you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah. That's twenty twenty three next year. We're so, like I almost mean, caught up. A, so let's shoot for Hoobie Halloween. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Halloween twenty twenty three. Then we can do hustle for spring for basketball playoff season because it's about basketball. What's which one? <laughs> hustle. Hustle. Oh yeah, that another perfect. Put another put another nice four month uh, break in. That's a long time. <laughs> When did playoffs start? I want to say I want to say March. Well, for I oh, think okay. March Madness comes first, so the college one comes first. And basketball, I must have said this. If I cared about sports, I would try to get into basketball, and that's the one that I've spent the most time. My, my brother always says that basketball about, is the um, least unethical major league sport. That's yeah. I have no idea if that's true, but that's the one that I would... He lies all the time. Yeah, I know. No, no, he's okay. He's actually not a liar <laughs> at all. But all right. if he was, I wouldn't believe it. Um, yeah, so anyway, Hoobie Halloween's up next. We're going to try to get that out to you peeps um, Yeah. right before Halloween. and Halloween of 2023. Means, obviously, yes, yes. <laughs> And we will have uncut gems to you a couple weeks before that. So (laughs) thanks for listening. Um, If you do have any comments, questions, concerns, complaints, um, just want to drop us a line and say, hey, thanks for what you're doing. Um, We are at 4aspodcast at gmail.com. That's the 
number four, and then the letters A-S, and then the word podcast, at gmail.com. Um, Have you, you checked it? You can find this podcast wherever you um, find your podcasts, wherever you found this one, you're probably going to find other episodes. Um, and if you want to donate to us, do that. I don't know how that works, but just <laughs> send us money. Hit, hit us up, man. Just email me money, please. <laughs> Is that how Bitcoin works? Can you just email people? I, I have to assume. I have to assume. Yeah. It's um, just a, anyth- a JPEG of a dollar. <laughs> this is a Bitcoin, right? As long as I can print it out and then not be arrested when I use it, that's fine. That'll work. Um, right, anything yeah. else you want to wanna say before we sign off? Uh, no, no. Fun. Glad to be back at it. Hope to uh, you sure you, put there's, another, there's, put, sure, put sure some there's more nothing. out for you and sure there's nothing you feel like you ought to say before we go the last this is the last chance to kind of clear your conscience you know last what i not sorry not sorry for anything glad to be back glad getting back into it folks yeah definitely. i i don't i don't live my life a life of uh apology personally so uh I couldn't imagine what you're talking about. Fair, fair. I, I for one, I'm sorry. Got something. Oh, for okay. everything for taking so long. I know y'all been waiting on this one, so here it is. Yeah. I promise we'll probably let it happen again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, with Let's that, until next time. Hibbity dibbity. Hibbity dibbity. Can't, really can't nail that, can I? Something like that. You want to win by one point or fucking 30 points, KG? Right? I see you out there when the fucking stadium's all booing you. You're 30 up. You're still going full tilt. Let's see what Vegas... What has Vegas got you guys at tonight? Take a look. Let's see. Are you serious? You're going to put us up right here? Look at this shit. The Sixers are supposed to win the game tonight, they think. We don't keep track of none of that shit. Who they think on game seven you're not going to get fucking 18 points. They don't think you're going to get eight rebounds? These guys don't know shit about ball. What the fuck are they doing? Doesn't that make you want to fucking kill them? Doesn't that make you want to say fuck you for doubting me? Doesn't that make you want to step on fucking Elton Brand's fucking neck? Come on, KG, this is no different than that. This is me, all right? I'm not a fucking athlete. This is my fucking way. This is how I win.